Would you open with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19, as we continue in our study through Luke. The sermon is entitled, Thanksgiving and Praise, A Samaritan's Response to the Goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Would you stand, please? For the reading of God's Word, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Please open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your word. Lord, we pray that you would have your way among us for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. If you've grown up in church, you might be familiar with kind of a call and response. If somebody says, God is good, how would you respond? All the time, God is good. And as believers, a lot of times we think of God being good to us, and rightly so. We should think that way. God is good, and His ways are good. God works all things together for our good, for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, Romans chapter 8. Many times we think God is good to His people, but maybe we think only to His people. And yet what we see in this text is that God is good to all people. I want us to notice three things this morning. Number one, God is good, and He is good to all people. Number two, God is worthy to be thanked and praised by all people. And number three, thanksgiving and praise is the proper response to the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. It's the proper response. It's only right, it's only reasonable, it's only logical 
that we would respond with thanksgiving and praise. So let's look first of all. Number one, God is good and he is good to all people. Look back in verses 11 to 14. On the way to Jerusalem, Luke is constantly reminding us that Jesus is going to Jerusalem. We've talked about this a lot in our study. There's a whole section of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem that Luke is highlighting, and and this is right in the, the middle, towards the end of this journey. And he says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village... He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And it was right that they stood at a distance. In fact, they were commanded by law to keep at a distance. They were unclean. And they lifted up their voices, literally in the original language, they lifted up a voice. This was a unified voice. The 10 of them lifted up a unified voice, a a cry that was shared in common. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, the word for master is not the word for Lord. It's the common word that that Luke uses for rabbi or teacher. They had heard about Jesus. They were asking him to show mercy to them, compassion. What they were asking for was healing. They wanted to be relieved of their suffering, relieved of the distance that they had to keep because of this leprous disease. Verse 14 says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And according to the law, this was exactly what was supposed to happen. If there was a cleansing, they were to show themselves to the priests, and the priests were to make a judgment. Were they clean? Were they not? And they were to declare them clean if they were clean and restore them to the community. And as they went, they were cleansed. The they was all ten. In fact, we see in verse 17 when Jesus asked, were not ten cleansed? All of them were cleansed. You see, God is good, and he is good to all people. Regardless of whether they praise him, regardless of whether they thank him, God is good. In fact, that is the confession of the people of God throughout the ages, is that we give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. His steadfast love is forever. We declare that God is good no matter what. In Psalm 145, David says, I will extol you, my God and King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts 
on the good, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. David goes on to say two other times in verse 13, the Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. And 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is kind to all and gracious to all. And theologians have called this throughout the ages God's common grace. It's not saving grace. It's the same commodity, but it's expressed towards the benefit of all. It's not a covenant love like we experience in Christ. It's God's love to all people. And his goodness is expressed in kindness. His mercy is an expression of his goodness. Wayne Grudem says this, God's mercy is his goodness towards those in distress. His grace is his goodness toward those who deserve only punishment. God is good to everybody. Everybody. In Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this in verses 44 to 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the just. Everyone in Savannah, Georgia, whether they are believing or unbelieving, gets to look out and enjoy the tides the beautiful sunrise and the sunset, the beautiful weather, all of the things that we enjoy and as believers we say thank you, Lord. Unbelievers experience God's kindness to them as well. The sun rises on the evil and the good. He, he sends his rain on the just and the unjust. It's not just the Christian farmer that gets the rain. It's all farmers who need the rain and God sends the rain. In Luke chapter 6, verses 35 to 36, Jesus says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for because he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. See, God is kind and merciful to even the evil and the ungrateful. 
in Acts chapter 14, verses 16 to 17. The word says, in past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. See, God satisfies the hearts of unbelievers The evil and the ungrateful and the rebellious, he satisfies their hearts with food and gladness. Think about marriage, an institution for all people. It tells about the glory of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. But it's a blessing for all people. And and God sends his blessings towards all people everywhere. He's good. This is God's common grace to all people. And what we see in the text in Luke chapter 17 is that he healed 10 lepers, no matter what their response was. Jesus was merciful, he was kind. He was good to them no matter what their response was. So number one, God is good and he is good to all people. And number two, God is worthy to be thanked and praised by all people. Verses 15 to 17. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. So the indication is that nine men were Jews, and there was one Samaritan. And you would expect the Jews to understand the goodness of God, to receive the goodness of God and give him thanks, give him glory. You would not expect the Samaritan to. And yet that's who returned and humbly fell on his face, giving Jesus thanks and praising God for the healing. Verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? The implication is that the nine should have returned and given him thanks and praise because God is worthy to be thanked and praised by all people. All ten should have returned, but only one did. Why? See, God is worthy, but not all people praise him and give him thanks. All people enjoy the same sunrise everywhere. All people enjoy looking up at the stars and being dazzled by the stars. God has left his witness everywhere in creation. So why? Why didn't the nine return and give him thanks? Well, maybe they had grown embittered in their distress. Is anybody here bitter? 
anybody been going through distress for a long time and you've grown weary and bitter? And if God were to change your circumstances, you would only feel justified. And it's right that he changed your circumstances because it was wrong for you to be in those circumstances in the first place. And so you don't give him thanks. You just say you should have. You shouldn't have done this to me. You shouldn't have allowed this to happen to me all along. It's right that you healed me. Maybe they had grown embittered. Maybe they have a sense of entitlement. They think they deserve to be healed. I mean, we're the chosen people. If there's anybody that you should show mercy to, it's us. It's it's right that you heal us. We deserve to be healed. And maybe it's because they would have to admit that there's a God and it's not who they think it is. It's not the one they see in the mirror. To give him thanks would only expose their accountability to him. In Romans chapter one, Verses 18 and following, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They know what's true, but they keep suppressing it so they don't have to deal with it. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. He's shown it to everybody. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. His wisdom, his glory, his goodness, they're without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. The goodness of God is on display and everyone everywhere experiences God's goodness. They're without excuse. God is worthy to be thanked thanked and praised by all people. Everywhere. To the ends of the earth. So the psalmist says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the many coastlands be glad. 
You are worthy to be praised, O God. And all the peoples should praise you. Let's get the gospel to the ends of the earth so that the peoples will praise him. The peoples will rejoice in him. The people will praise and thank him. Yet not all people praise him and give him thanks. The nine didn't, only one did. And I would say that's the difference between saving grace and common grace. Common grace is everyone experiences God's goodness. Everyone experiences God's blessing. But when saving grace comes, they recognize the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. So number three, thanksgiving and praise is the proper response to the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Look at 15 and 16 again, and then verse 19. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. In verse 19, and he said to him, Jesus said to him, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Maybe one of your translations says, your faith has saved you. And that is the more accurate idea because they were all made well. But something was different in this man's life. He wasn't just healed of his leprosy. He was healed of his rebellion against God. And he was saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. See, thanksgiving and praise was the evidence of saving faith in the Samaritan man's life. Thanksgiving and praise distinguished saving faith, saving faith from unbelief. So if this is true, if, if thanksgiving and praise is a distinguishing factor between saving faith and unbelief, and it is, should not thanksgiving and praise continue to mark the believer throughout the Christian life? We should be distinguished by a life marked with thanksgiving and praise. They should know that we're Christians by the way that we love one another, and they should know that we're Christians by the way we give thanks to God and praise Him for His goodness. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. 
See, the life of the believer should be a life that is abounding in thanksgiving. As you walk in Christ, it's the life that is abounding in thanksgiving. Colossians 3, 17, Paul says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. He's talking about everything, guys. Everything. In everything you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, in everything, we're to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So Paul could say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And you might say, how can we give thanks in all circumstances? Because God is good. We just sang the song, what is our hope in life and death? What truth will calm the troubled soul God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness found? In our great Redeemer's blood. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 7, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, the song that we sang, what is your only hope in life and death, Christ our hope in life and death, is based on the Heidelberg Catechism question number one, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer was this, that I am not my own, but belong in body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. And he watches over me in such a way. Watch this. He watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head apart from my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Romans 8. What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. And he's good all the time. And his goodness is on display in the sending of his son, Jesus Christ, who humbled himself to the point of death. 
was lifted up on a cross, crucified, dead, and buried, and raised again on the third day, and ascended to the right hand of the majesty on high. God's goodness is on display in Jesus Christ, and thanksgiving and praise is the proper response to the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. And the Christian life should be marked by praise and thanksgiving. Are you thankful today? This is not just the one time a year Thanksgiving where we are to remember to give thanks. No, it's every second of every day. If you're breathing, give thanks for your breath. God is good. And you can give thanks in every circumstance because God is working everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Everything must work together for your salvation. And that word salvation means ultimate salvation when you see Jesus. Because God's will is to conform each of us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, God's will for you is to conform you to Christ. And he will do it. And he will finish what he has begun, and he's gonna work all circumstances towards that goal of making you look like Christ. And that's good. It's good now, and it's good for eternity. Thanksgiving and praise was the Samaritan's response to the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, have you encountered Jesus of Nazareth? Have you cried to him for mercy? And have you recognized in him the goodness of God? in his life and in his death and in his resurrection as the savior for sinners? And have you turned to him and given him thanks for forgiveness and eternal life through faith in his blood? In other words, have you been saved? Have you trusted Jesus? And if you've not, would you trust him today? Would you trust Jesus Christ? He is God's goodness on display. And if you're a Christian and you're struggling right now to give thanks in all circumstances, to see, you're asking why and you're getting bogged down in all the whys, let me just remind you that God is good and he loves you and he is working all things together for your good and you can praise him and you can trust him and in the same way that Jeremiah spoke by the spirit of God saying this, 
They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, and over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Satisfied with the goodness of the Lord. Praising God for the goodness of the Lord. Thanking him for his goodness. That's the life of the believer now. And that's the life of the believer for eternity. Satisfied in the goodness of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would calm the troubled soul this morning, that through your words proclaimed that you would calm and comfort and convict and heal and draw forth praise and thanksgiving. God, only you can do it. It's only by your grace that any of us are saved None of us are deserving. None of us are entitled. You are worthy of all praise. And we pray that by your grace that you would stir our affections, lift up our hearts, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might rightly praise you for the glory of God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.